Good morning, church. Man, I am so excited uh, to get to share with you today. Are you excited? Man, I hope you're excited. Hey, do me a favor and put I'm excited in the chat. I don't care if you mean it. I just want to get your typing fingers ready. Just write I'm excited in the chat. I want this to be an interactive type of message. Um, so get ready, get get ready to type, um, and I pray that you guys are all doing well. Um, and I just I just hope that uh, we get to see each other soon. Um, hey, I wanna I wanna give a shout out to to all the, the interns that have been preaching the last last few weeks. Uh, I don't know about you, but to me they've they've been life changing. Um, I have also I hope you've been uh, applying what you've learned. Um, because if you haven't, well, then what you doing, man? Um, but also in relation to that, I want to give another shout out to our pastors, to our leadership team, um, because they believe in us so much that, they, that they're willing to give us this opportunity. Um, so I wanna give a shout out to them, thank you. Um, so when I was preparing this message, I was, you know, I was trying to to discover what what God would say to you to the church uh, during this time, um, and I, I felt the presence of God kind of kind of lead me to talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, in other words, um, during this time where we're in where the the church the the building might be hard to reach out to people, um, that that leaves us as individuals to kind of shoulder more of the load. Um, so Jesus sends us on a, a great commission, and this isn't what really I want to, to talk about today, but here, check out this video so, so we can get through it. Imagine if God gave you a job to do. One day, Jesus' friends found themselves walking up a hill to meet him, which surprised them, as not long before then, he'd been dead. But Jesus was always surprising. They'd spent three years with him and seen him do so much. They'd seen him, are you ready? <gasps> Heal the sick, the lame, and Simon's mother, even the people that no one else liked, raise people from the dead, care for children no one else thought were important, talk about the kingdom of God, calm a storm, feed thousands of people, twice, walk on water, say he was the savior of the whole world, warn he would suffer and die, go to Jerusalem, surrounded by large crowds, curse a victory, teach a lot, kick out the temple merchants, condemn the teachers of the law, say he would come back again, predict his betrayal, be arrested, heal an ear, be sentenced to death, get ridiculed, be nailed to a cross, killed and buried. <sighs> so, Jesus' friends hadn't expected to meet him again, but there he was. Jesus had risen from the dead. His friends and followers were amazed. They praised God and worshipped him, although some doubted. And Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. Jesus did all this for us, and now he has given us a job to do with the help of his Holy Spirit. So, are you ready? <gasps> so we're all called to share the good news of Jesus. So do you remember that time in the Bible where God spoke through a donkey? 
Yeah, like the donkey spoke. Super cool, right? Uh, but I was gonna, I was gonna compare me to the donkey, but I don't want, I don't want to like insult the donkey. Um, thank God that my past does not disqualify me for being used by God. Uh, most of you guys don't didn't know me before before I knew Jesus, but I was I was a really angry angry person. Uh, I hated being around people. Uh, I isolated myself from everyone. I had my own issues, and I I look back and I I really hate who I was. Uh, I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. But just a, a quick testimony of 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 me. God took me from being an atheist to being called in six months. Six months. That's, that's radical change. Did you, did you know that your pastors are people just like you? Did you know your pastors have struggles and pains just like you? Did you also know that the same spirit that lives in your pastors lives in you? I know I've been guilty of of this, but maybe you have too. But at times I've expected the church to be the ones that are going out and making disciples. That's, that's why I want to illustrate to you that you and your pastors, you and I, me and Pastor Troy, we're not so different. Um, now don't get me wrong, I don't expect you guys to come up here and preach on Sunday like Pastor Troy does. Um, but that's not, that's not the only role there is out there, you know? Uh, so I want to read you a verse out of the book of John. Uh, now, this is Jesus. He's talking to his crew. He's talking to his buddies. And he's telling them what's about to go down on the cross. John 16, 7 says, But very truly I tell you, it's good for you that I'm going away. Hang on. I'm going to stop right there. Can you imagine what's going on in the disciples' heads right now? How on earth could it be good for you that you're going away from us, Jesus? You're God among us. You've done so many miracles. You've healed so many sick people. How can it be better than this? Jesus goes on to say, Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The advocate. Other translations say the friend or the comforter or the helper. So it's good that Jesus went away. He sent us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to advocate for us, and to help us. See, this is vitally important because without the help of the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to fulfill the great commission that Jesus sends us on. So if we're called to the great commission of spreading the gospel, and if we have believers have the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to complete this mission, then, then why do many of us, myself included, struggle with being used by God? Hey, quick break. If you want to be used by God, put God use me in the chat. God use me. Go ahead. I'll wait for you. Just type it. This is going to look at you awkwardly until you hit send. I'm just kidding. So why is it so hard to listen and to be available for God's mission? 
So there, there's probably a whole, a whole list of answers to this question, but today I really just want to talk about one in particular. And that one thing I want to talk about is pride. Now everybody's like, oh, click out of this message. <laughs> uh, but, but really, pride comes in all sorts of shapes and styles and types. Yeah, each of them affect us differently, but ultimately when we live with uh, indifference towards our pride, we drift away from God. So if I were to ask you, what Bible verse do you think about when you think of pride? Now, many of you would probably quote Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Now, that's the one that says, "Before uh, pride goes before destruction. Yeah, I, I know that's probably what you're thinking of because that's the one I thought of too. Um, so, but when I read this verse, I got curious. What, what about pride? What about pride causes destruction? Um, I thought, Maybe, maybe the origin of the word would give me a little bit more inside, insight to what this means. Um, so the original Hebrew, Hebrew word for pride in this con- context directly translates to the word genius. Uh, isn't, isn't that interesting? Uh, so when we, when, we have, uh, when we think we have it all figured out, when we think we know it all, pride blurs our vision. See, culture teaches us that we can't be wrong. Uh, our pride says that only our choice of president can be the right one, and everybody else is, is completely wrong. Our, our pride says that if I don't agree with your current views on culture, then, then I must be, the, be in the wrong. Our pride says that if God doesn't heal me in this particular way, there must not, there must not be a God. Can I be honest with you? Can I tell you that you don't have it all figured out? I don't have it all figured out. How can we be used by God if we think we do have it all figured out? When we pray, God, your will be done. But then we go, go about our life without consulting his spirit. Our pride gives us tunnel vision so that we, we only see what we perceive as the, as the only outcome. But what if I told you that you were missing out on blessings or you were missing out on being a blessing because you were looking for the wrong things? I believe we may all be looking for these, these home run testimonies. Like, I led a drug addict to know Jesus and he's been, he's been, he's been sober for 20 years now. Which, which that's great! Praise God! But... If we only see the need for these home run testimonies, we may be missing out on being a blessing. Have you, have you ever tried to cheer up your mailman? Have you ever tried to have a conversation with a cashier? These things that we may see as insignificant could have eternal implications. So when we pray that, God, your will be done, it's on us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's on us to see the opportunity that God presents us. But if we have pride blurring our vision, we just might miss it. So how else can can pride stop us from doing God's will? Pride tarnishes our relationships. Pride devalues the relationship we have with our friends and our family, even strangers. If we look at the life of Jesus, 
Of course he did God's will, right? He is God. We see all the miracles Jesus performed. We saw the lives Jesus touched. But I think, now stay with me now. I think he might have had the greatest impact on the ones closest to him, his disciples. This might blow your mind now, watch out. Hang on, hang on to your head. The same Jesus that walked on water taught, taught them about the Father. The same Jesus that healed the blind played, prayed over them. The same Jesus that fed the 5,000 loved them. The impact Jesus had on them wasn't just the miracles he was doing. It was his relationship with them. Just like us, it's not about what we do to be saved. It's, a, it's about our relationship with the Father. So are you allowing pride to tarnish your relationships? Our pride stops us from being vulnerable to, the, to those around us. And that stops us from building deep connection with them. See, culture tells us to never let anybody see you weak. Never give up the upper hand. Now this happens to ladies too, but it's just, it's just mashed into the heads of young men. Can you imagine being a young man that's unable to show emotion without being called weak? That's what happens. I've been there. So these young men and women, they grow up not being able to express their feelings because of the pride of other people. And that evolves into, into depression, that evolves into isolation, that evolves into anger. Well, that kind of sounds like how I was when I was younger. Then our pride says that we can't seek help because that'll show that we're weak. Can we just agree as a family? Can we agree as a church that is enough is enough? Write enough in the chat if it's okay to show some emotion sometimes. We're called to change the culture. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing stories of young people that are taking their own lives. It's because they can't talk to anybody. But where did they learn that from? Now, church, you have my word. I will do everything I can to be a safe place for the young people of this church and those around me. Now, if you're in youth or you're going to be in youth, listen up. Now, you guys know that I love you. I tell you guys that all the time. You guys probably get tired of me saying that. But it's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to show emotion. Talk to somebody, would you? Talk to me. Don't, don't harbor inside of you. You're not weak if you talk to somebody. You're brave. Did you, did you know that Jesus cried? Probably. Because, you know, that's the shortest verse you can memorize. But John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. God in the flesh wept. The all-powerful God wept. Why did he cry? Verse 36 says, Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. 
It's about relationship. See, a man named Lazarus was sick and Jesus was on his way to heal him, but then he died. So we, when he got to Lazarus, uh, Lazarus' sister Mary, uh, you know, the same Mary that cleaned Jesus' feet with her hair, uh, she was mourning her brother. She was, she was sad. She was crying. Um, see, Jesus, when he was on his way there, he already knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But he cried with Mary. It's about relationship. So pride blurs our vision. Pride tarnishes our relationships. And lastly, pride robs our worship. So this pride uh, is when we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. When we replace, our, we replace our worship of God with the worship of our own abilities. So how can, we, how can we be used by God if we don't recognize where our abilities or our resources or our drive come from? God gives us everything, right? Yet we live with this underdog mentality that I've got to grind for everything. I can't take any handouts. I don't need anybody. I can't ask for help. I'm a rock. I'm unshakable. That's us worshiping ourselves. That's our pride talking. In Matthew 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples again. He's talking to his buddies, right? Uh, he's asking them who the Philippians are saying that the Son of Man is. And they give him a few answers, uh, like John the Baptist or Elijah. But then Jesus asks them again. He says, who they, who do you guys, my disciples, who do you guys think I am? Now, Peter steps up and in Matthew 16, 16, he says, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. See, Peter gives Jesus the praise and the worship that he deserves. And Jesus responds by saying, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. On this rock... Not your self-proclaimed rock. The rock of praise and worship to God. Type on this rock in the chat, would you? On the rock of being humble. On the rock uh, for, for thanking God for choosing to use us. See, God doesn't need us. We need him. I just hope we, we, we never... We never lose sight of that. So God, we praise you. God, you bless us for your glory, not ours. You deserve our worship. God, we tell, we tell our pride to step aside today. God, we pray that your will be done and we mean it. God, we want to be available for your glory, God. God, help us to see what you see. Help us to, to cherish our relationships. Help us to, to worship you and only you, God. God, we love you. God, we thank you.
In Jesus' name, amen. Church, do you want to be available today? Here's your chance, all right? Here in a few moments, I'm, we're going to play a song, okay? Uh, now, don't tune out. Church isn't over yet. S- stay connected. Um, be available, okay? Uh, this is what I want you to do. So every single night, uh, your pastors, your leaders, we pray for you and your needs on Facebook. Every night, Monday, Sunday through Sunday, uh, we pray for you at 8 o'clock on Facebook. Now, I started this message by telling you that uh, you and your pastors aren't so different. Um, we all have pains and struggles. So this is what I want you to do while the song plays. I just want you to type a prayer for your pastors. Now, see, your pride's going to tell you not to show a weakness. It's going to tell you not to be vulnerable. It's going to tell you that other people are going to think you're weird by the words that you put in. That's your pride talking. Be available. So were you available, church? I hope so. So tell your pride to step aside this week. Join me on Wednesday for our Bible study. We're going we're gonna to break down a, a, another uh, context of pride. Um, also join me and Pastor Brian on Wednesday at 8.05 on our online campus. And we're going we're gonna to break it down even further. Uh, those are so fun. So I, I, really, I really hope that you'll join, join us for that. I can't wait to see you there. Church, I love you. And you're dismissed. Amen.